Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, they learned how to win again, Julio. That is the Oquinez. So that's been cool. Uh, we got one yesterday. We got one of two today. The first one was the first game was pretty frustrating because yes, you know, other than what was it like that eighth inning where they scored like three runs or something like that. Um, yeah, it was a close game. Yeah, and then it, uh, it was a pretty close game, and we had runners on base, like nobody's business. And I was like, "Fuck, this is gonna happen again." And then game two, like offense kind of came to life again. So um, I got actually it was a pretty nice day for it to have double day games because um, and Whitney I think I, I can't remember right. so first off Chris and I hung out in person for the last for this time in a few months yeah I watched night. the Warriors game which is pretty dope pretty dope but uh, uh, and Whitney my girlfriend went back in office starting today and they're going a few days a week and yeah. if, and I was, I'm still working from home and of course my first day working from home without her here it's a A's doubleheader day game I'm like this she just can have it on the TV all day while yeah I'm like this rules between... where do you work where do you typically work in your house here most yeah. of the time and that but uh today just because like she usually works in the living room so i was like cool i'll go work out there mm-hmm. um and it worked because the a's won a game when i was out there so yeah well yeah. Was the i tweeted earlier today but it was still funny how the home game for the a's they still lost the game that was technically a home game which was the first game I was kind of expecting. They still can't figure out how to win at home. I was kind of expecting Dave Cavill to um, put some tweets about, oh, well, nobody's at these games in Detroit. Oh, look, it's a poor tendon too. I think he's past that phase after after he just, even like the national media picked up that he was getting in fights with seagulls on Twitter and and just like going off the rails that one night. I think that he's kind of past that point at this point. Every it's just every once in a while he'll and just also like, he's got to save it for Bruce he's got to save it for Damon Bruce. Oh yeah, just every once in a while he'll just get on that bender of just saying like, I'm gonna say some outlandish shit tonight. I feel like he's been pretty good for about a week. I don't know. <laughs> we, are we gonna have a? Ah, uh, oh, that'll be a new thing on our Twitter. We'll have a days without incident, and we'll just have Dave Cavill's head. <laughs> Dave's without incident. Oh, it's a Town Tailgate podcast. We are a podcast that roots for that team that kind of sucks right now, the Oakland A's. But things are turning around because we won two games today. Um, we are not. We're. We got an interesting show today. Uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, the Mariners. Um, kind of uh, going downhill a little bit. Uh, it's not making our prediction look very good for the West by me and Julio. Uh, the Madison Bumgarner incident when he got incident when he got thrown out of the game, um, and a no hitter happened, um, as well as a bunch of A's news. Um, 
got a lot of a lot of roster moves. Um, we'll get into all that. Um, but let's start with the big news of the night. It just happened uh, about 30 minutes ago. It ended. Uh, Reed Detmers uh, had a no hitter against the Rays. Um, uh, it is the first no hitter for the Angels. He plays for the Angels, by the way. Um, since Jared Weaver, I believe in 2008 or something like that. I don't know the staff top of my head, but, um, I know someone tweeted that, um, on, they just completely whooped the Rays tonight. Um, and, uh, Anthony Rendon had a hit, uh, a home run from the left, uh, batting lefty and the first time ever batting lefty. So that was fun, Julio. He, Reed Detmers, well, don't forget they had a combined no hitter when it was, um, Oh my God! I'm totally. Sp- Who's the pitcher? Uh, the pa- Tyler Skaggs. When Tyler Skaggs passed away, they threw a combined no hitter. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but this is the first complete game no hitter. Yeah. Uh, and he only threw two strikeouts tonight. That's the big, the weirdest thing. A lot so, of like, ground outs, def- a lot of fly balls, huh? Yeah, like your defense really, like you put them to work the whole yeah. game. Um, and it, and if you talk to any Angels fan, and I'm sure John will attest to this when we bring him on next. Reed has been the talk of the, oh, just wait until they come up for a few years now for the Angels organization. And tonight proved it. He threw a complete game, no hitter. Uh, I think his pitch count was like in 108 or something like that. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's weird that we've been talking about the Angels about, oh, maybe they'll do it since the day we recorded this podcast in the first place. Is do we? Is it time? Is it time? Are we actually gonna start taking I'm not them? Not there on? yet, bro. Yeah, like so. That's my because I knew we were gonna say no. Mm-mm. What's it going? What has to happen for you to be like, okay, they're leg- I believe it. They're legit. What needs to happen for you to to push you over the edge? And be like, all right, I get. I believe in them a little bit. Every fucking year we have teams that start off hot and they're in first place for like the first two months and then they completely fall off because the talent of of their roster turns out to be exactly what we expected it's just like they start off hot the scouting reports aren't there and people and you know and scouts and and front offices catch up it's or intentionally coaches have to catch coaching staffs catch up it's simple as that i they have to be in a playoff game in october for me to finally believe it that's literally what has to happen i'm not i'm not gonna hop on this train yet so he threw yeah 108 pitches only threw 68 strikes so that's interesting, but he only walked one. Um, he had 11 ground outs and eight fly outs. So that's what it was. A lot of ground outs. Wow, 11. Good job. Uh, no errors, though. So that's cool. Uh, just had the one the one walk. Um, that's what screwed him out of a, out of a perfect game. Um, I, how stacked has the Angels farm system been in the past few years, though? Like, is this guy like a like a top like a ace level prospect, or is he like? Yeah, if you could, I'll look it up right Mania now. Mania status, I, where it's like he's top of rotation, he's not ace level. Um, he's been like usually like at least like a top twenty five in all of baseball prospect for okay the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but you have to think about this. The biggest, and we joked about, or we talked about this meme that Danny Vietti posted, um, <laughs> that it's always been the pitching. The offense has always been there. Yeah. You know, whether it's guys just not being consistent or not, it seems like it's after years and years and years and years and years of this conversation, it seems like it's kind of turning like over the wheel a little bit with it because now mm-hmm. Otani's been awesome he's had a couple he had a rough start against i want to say it was houston i can't remember um but like he's been pretty good he's lived up to the prospect of you calling him your mvp signing on the season um we just saw what reed Demers did complete game no hitter patrick sandoval has been a nice little uh picking up where he left off in last season um nope no cinder has been pretty solid and then michael lorenzen actually been like a really good piece coming out of there too so like if those are your five guys in your rotation and i'd imagine if they really want to go over the top and make a trade in the summer they could because there is some i, I know we were joking with john 
with him trying to get Frankie Montas from us. We're like, yeah, well, we want Joe Adele if you're going to do that. So, like, they have the pieces where if they want to go over the top, they could. It's Now it's just, like, to me, what's really going to sell me is, like, are you going to make it through the dog days of summer? Are, are you going to be able to – how are you going to be playing in August? Because if you're not going to be there in August, then – then that's it. Like you, we, we knew who we, you are who you thought. What, what's the old? They are who we thought they were. What is the old phrase? You know what I mean? You had it. You. Oh, they I did are say who it. We thought we are who they thought they thought that we thought. Yeah, they yeah, were. yeah. All right, I figured that. Cool. So um, they're eighth in the league in ERA. Let's see what their WHIP is. MLB website is very slow right now. Um, they're fourth in the league in WHIP. So I mean, the stats are there to back them up. Um, they're doing the right thing. Let's see what their strikeouts are. Um, they are, although this is not a good metric. Um, they are 16th in the league in strikeouts, but um, pitching is not all about strikeouts, especially not in today's game. And let's see what their opposing average is. They rank fourth in the opposing average. I mean, it's there. Like the stats are there to back it up. They, 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 they're doing it right. They got a pretty. I think they're second in run differential in the American League as well. Second best record in the American League right now. But here's the kicker for them for the reason why they're in first place in the West. They're they have the best OPS in the league. I mean, they're just seeing it. You know what I mean? Like they're they're fifth in average. Um, let's see what they are in runs. Um. And they're first in runs. I mean, they're just – they're killing it on both sides. I'd have to look at their schedule. I, I feel like I've said this three weeks in a row, that I want to take a close look at their schedule to see, to see like, if their matchups have been favorable or not. But, like, I mean, it's hard to – I mean, I'm having a hard time arguing this. But it's – at the end of the day, it's the fucking Angels. I just can't – I just can't do it, dude. I just can't get behind it. I can't believe it until I see it until I see them in a game one of the ALDS or the wild card round. They're like the Chris Paul of, of exactly. It's a great baseball. comparison. That's a great comparison. And then yes. Chris Paul finally made it to a finals. He kind of got over the hump. We're like, yeah, <clears throat> and they hope you lose. And he did. And it was awesome. Mm. Anyway. Speaking of losing, uh, the biggest loser of last week, um, is umpire Danny Belena, uh, Bellino you guys i'm sure you all saw the news uh he was in charge of ejecting madison bumgarner after his first inning of the game so to paint you a picture mad bum was pitched uh and the diamondbacks were going against the uh, miami marlins in the first inning uh already some pretty questionable strike strikes almost going on stuff was just outside of the plate it really could have gone either way mad bum was again the calls mad bum's a big baby so of course he was like, no and that's what he sounds like, right, Chris? Word for word, cool. he sounds like the he sounds like the creepy dude from uh, from uh, Silence of the Lambs, which is the impression you Buffalo Bill. Did. Ooh, oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Buffalo Bum. I that was how you sounded. That's not actually how Madison Bumgarner sounds. So, I was oh. just anyways, myself, yeah. uh, he pretty much bad calls are all over the place. Uh, he goes back to the dugout. He says some shit to the home plate umpire. And then one thing that's been happening in baseball lately is instead of checking the glove, when the when a pitcher goes back into the dugout, they just check their arms, their hand. So if you're watching YouTube, they just do like a quick swab of the hand. All right, you're clean. Yeah. Except the umpire was doing this for like a minute, maybe two minutes. And he was looking at Mad Bum in the eyes the whole time. He yeah, was he's just that. staring him down. So of and course, Mad, Mad Bum B- doesn't. And Mad Bum doesn't notice it at first. He's kind of looking down, just watching him, like, you know, uh, stroke his hand, and uh, then he kind of glares up and sees that he's just staring at him. And he like looks back up. He looks down, looks back up, and just like, I don't know exactly what he says, but it looks like kind of just like, what the what the fuck are you looking at? And then the umpire's just like, oh cool, you just gave me every reason for me to finally throw you out of this game after you were bitching all game, and he did it. Look, man. It takes two to tango. Madison Bumgarner is just like he's known for just being a dick when it comes to like just he's very difficult and uh 
maybe not a dick, but he's just very difficult and kind of a diva when it comes to things like this. Um, and he is not afraid to say what he thinks. Um, but like when you're an umpire, you're supposed to be impartial. If you're like everything about this scenario was like he was looking for some reason to throw him out of the game, and he was the main thing was he was uh he was um, baiting him for for lack of a better word he was he was um antagonizing him i don't know and he's 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 baiting him to trying to get him to react to do something stupid to get him thrown out it's it it's it's it goes back to the same issues that we have with with angel hernandez and and all this shit it's just like these guys for whatever reason i mean some they have a fucking stronger union than the fucking longshoremen dude like it's insane like like they they can't they could murder someone and they still would be working the next day. It absolutely blows my mind there and there's no accountability for any of these guys and a lot of these guys have been doing this for way too long. That's kind of part of the problem is that they're they're so used to the old school style of one society to the way that umpires have been treating this game where like they are the letter of the law. But there's just too much evidence that they're not good at their jobs. So, like, they just need to be better at it or they need to be fucking reprimanded for it. We're like, the NBA has been, like, except for Scott Foster, for some reason, Scott Foster is this way. But NBA refs are, for the most part, pretty good because they're held accountable. Like, the, it's just not the case with, with baseball. They're, in my opinion, it's the worst officiating of any professional sport. And, and it's, it's part of the reason why the game is, it's, it's part of the many reasons that me and you keep bitching about what are killing the game. I think, I still think NBA refereeing is worse, but I think, I think because it's just so impartial to, I think the NBA rules are, are worse when it comes to this. Not the NBA referees. The NBA refs are calling it the way that the rules are written. A lot of these like foul calls and like these fucking reviewing like f- reviewing fouls and stuff like that is is ridiculous, but that's just the way the rules are. I feel like baseball umpires I think there's a lot more of ego to them to it. I, to, but, more than the NBA. I think that's a problem to me, is I think the yes. ba- umpires are more egotistical in that sense then but but NBA the problem are. with with baseball umpires is there's too many rules that are that are written based on the discretion of the umpire so it's like based on his opinion so like because their egos are so big they have so much power because so many of these rules are based on what what their judgment is i mean at the end of the day back to back weeks our big 3 involves umpires in a way because Three. Last week this, we... is a, this is the third episode in the row. Didn't we talk about Angel Hernandez in the first week? I may be wrong. No, uh, we we did not. I felt you. I thought we would have, but um, we talked about last week how that one player in the minors got a ghost strikeout because he took too yeah. long outside the box. But yeah, it's it's. But here's the thing about all this whole thing. We just talked. We just shit on Dan Bellino. Um. He actually apologized. Like he afterwards, he was like, "I was told to umpire every game as if my children were sitting in the front row, and I fell short of those expectations this week. But I can't go back and change what happened. I take full accountability. I will learn from this incident, and I'll sincerely apologize." So good for him. He he figured out. Um, I think this is just Mad Bum just being a bitch. <laughs> Sorry for lack of better words, but did you watch the John Boy breakdown? I'm still of the belief that it takes two to tango. Uh, no, I have not watched that John Boy. It's pre- he does a pretty good lip ring of and a solid impression of Mad Bum, which is like "fuck you, pussy." I love John Boy's just voice when he does those, and just like this guy's like, "Yeah, what are you talking about?" And I'm, <laughs> and I, and I'm like, "I don't know. What's crazy?" So anyway, Madison Bumgarner goes to this guy, and he's like, "Fuck you, guy!" And this guy's like, "I don't know what you mean." Like he's just like so sarcastic he does is the yeah. line he kept saying because madman kept telling the umpire he's like i'll fuck you up i'll fuck you up yeah That's uh, anyways next topic and last of the big three um chris and i's preseason prediction big trace yeah we're we're mucho trace mucho trace because uh, we're, we're not happened what cinco de mayo just happened so oh, yeah there you go. i'm getting um, a spanish theme we're not doing well in some of our predictions. 
Uh, Chris has been giving. About? I'm sorry. I, yeah, I yeah. Chris has been giving me a lot of crap over this past weekend because I was like, I didn't. Say, I wasn't high on the merit. Oh, on the, 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 the Tigers. tigers. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, hey, loser. I picked them as a wild card team, and even on the broadcast today, they were talk. They were talking about like, hey, they have a good team. They just aren't. They can't figure it out right now. They do. Dude. I will say they do have a good team. Austin Meadows, Javi Baez, Dude. Spencer Torkelson. Like their team is. They have some good pitching. Like I, I will say they do. Pineda, like Pineda pitched today. Like they have some some good players. Dude, but they still Austin Meadows is batting two eighty two and has no home runs. How the hell is that? There's a guy who hit like thirty plus bombs last year. Yeah, normally it's the opposite. Normally it's like around Mendoza line, but he has like fucking thirty five yeah. home runs. Besides the point. So, why are we talking about this? The Mariners suck right now. We both pre- picked the Mariners to win the West. I picked the Mariners to go to the World Series. I don't know what I was drinking that night. But as of right – actually, I think I believe they're playing right now still. We're recording on a Tuesday night, May 10th. Um, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. Uh, Jeff Passon is actually the person responsible for this one for why just them falling apart because he actually put out a tweet – where I have to find the exact thing, but he pretty much said, "Oh, they're leading in this category. They're leading in this category. Don't watch now, folks. But the Seattle Mariners are now the best team in baseball." Hmm. Yeah, he said something like that. Since Jeff Passan called them the best team, in the AL West. This was six days ago. The Mariners. Have Did he gone say the one best in... team in baseball? Or the best. AL, team I'm in sorry, AL the West? AL West. They've gone one and six, lost three straight series, have been outscored twenty six to seventeen, including two straight shutouts, and they're in third. I, I believe they're still in third because the one, of the, in the uh, place, one of the one of the Cespedes family barbecue guys is a Mariners fan. I forgot which one. Um, so he's probably pretty pissed. But it's. <sighs> I, I, don't, I don't. Are you worried about it? Are you worried about your prediction? I don't know. I mean the the Angels. Are, I mean, uh, w- when we looked at the stats in the earlier segment, it's hard to ignore them with the Angels. So, I, I yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on the Astros, even though they're the Astros. They have a lot of good talent, but I don't know. I mean, there are three, three best players, two best players: George Springer, Carlos Correa. They're two, two. They're probably their two, two of their three best players in the last four years just left their team. Like that's quite, quite the blow. So I wasn't high on them in the beginning of the season, but they're still the Astros, so it's hard to bet against them. Um, the Angels, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. You think it's like a? Oh, by the way, the Kings and the Oilers went in overtime. Um, you think it's like a? Uh, uh, we were talking about that before the podcast. Sorry, listeners, that was a weird sidebar. Um, do you think it's like a um, like a mesh like thing, like a like a chemistry glue thing? Because like they have, they're so they have so much talent, young talent on their team. They should be playing so much better. No, I think it's just that the young talent that's there just hasn't figured it out yet. Um, Julio Rodriguez is starting turning around. I think he's hit. I saw a stat where like in the last week or two, he's been hitting like 285. Um, like Jared Kellenek has been having a lot of issues as well. Just kind of figuring it out. Matt Brash, who was getting a ton of hype going into the season. He was like a fantasy dark horse. He just got sent back down to triple a. Uh, I think just a lot of these guys, they don't know how to be consistent and winning. And the, the, the thing that's just going to have to learn right now is just, and the only way you learn is by losing, right? So you know what it is. You know what they're missing is leadership. You want to know why? Because their their leader, Kyle their captain, team, the past five years retired. Yeah, exactly. Kyle yeah. Seager retired. That's what it is. And these they yeah. don't know how to deal with adversity. And man, they could use him right now. Why did he they, retire? He was good. This doesn't make any sense to me. Thirty. I thought he was going to go to year. Texas and go play with this Breda. 35 home runs last year. Yeah. I, I can't that, I can't judge someone's situation. Maybe he's got like health issues that he's not talking about, so that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm wondering that I, I have a feeling that they'll try to make a move just to bring in more letter, veteran leadership. I know like someone like Nelson Cruz has spent hmm. some time there. He's probably doing the Nationals aren't doing anything. So I can imagine they're going to ship him at the deadline. But yeah. um they need I think that's you I think you hit on the head. I think you just need somebody who can teach them 
just how to be consistent at the major league level. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, I think they're going to be really excited to see what they're going to be doing because of like that. We've talked about them before. They have so many moving pieces. They have so many things that they could do. So who's their second I, baseman? Adam Frazier. Hmm. Pretty dope. Right. Yeah. And then like Dylan Moore. Is, like, I was going to say, backup. you know, they could use Tony Kemp. Go to hell. I, go to hell, Chris. I'm just saying, veteran leader. Tony Kemp got will never leave Oakland. No. Um, you know, if we're gonna suck, we might as well trade some people. I'm, you know, just spitball on here. Yeah. Anyways, All right, let's move on. Good transition because I guess we're gonna be talking about the A's. Yeah. Um, before we actually talk about this stuff, you saw the TK play today, right? It was fucking badass. That, of course, I saw the, it. That's the play of the year. Watch it live, bro. Yeah. That Hell was yeah. He <sighs> stays just flying all over the place at second base, dude. It's wild. Oh, the Kings won in overtime. Nice. Um, it's wild. They he's just fucking if every month he makes a crazy play like that. But that one was like that was definitely the furthest he had to to jump. He's not a big guy either, man. It's, it's a, you think he there. can dunk? Ooh. We should tweet at him and ask him. Hey, Tony Kemp, can you dunk? How tall is he? He's probably like, what? He's hella 10? short, but there's people that are that short that I've seen dunk before. Dude, he's 5'7". Maybe not that short. <sighs> It'd be a good tweet, though. Yeah, you know, I believe him. I think, he would, I think he can. Um. Anyway. I, I kind of would feel <laughs> adding somebody and being like, can you dunk? You feel weird doing that? yeah just like hey at tony kemp can you dunk all right fine i'll do it i don't you pussy anyway um that yeah it was it was a dope play i'm i was it was very happy about it um uh and it it, his reaction was hilarious too how he just like sat on the ground for like a good 30 seconds just his mouth open you just couldn't believe it um all the guys in the clubhouse were just or in the dugout were just like losing their mind and it was the third out of the inning too it was so great it was fun that was a good game they won, and they got that highlight play. Badass. And just Lou Trevino trying to make things interesting. But it's nice. We, yeah, we did have some fun. because Why is what? he closing when Danny Jimenez is hella good? He pitched yesterday. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming they're just, you know, getting. So then but... go with, dude, go with fucking, I don't know. Go go with uh, uh, Sneed or, or go with Acevedo. Who's Vito pitched the eighth? Yeah, he set up. I would puck rather. Warm- I would rather, rather put like puck. almost any or puck. I'd rather almost anybody in the bullpen but Lou to go in for a save anymore. You know what, Chris? Billy Koch isn't walking through that door. He only had like one good season as a closer. It was pretty good though. Just saying. Anyways, why are we talking about Billy Koch? You know why? Because A's have sucked lately, and I'm sure yeah. you're all aware of this. Uh. So Chris gives me a lot of, yeah, Chris gives me a lot of crap and he tells me that I jinx this team a lot, which I, I, you know, I I think I do sometimes, but I think there's nobody who jinxes this team more. And we are both agreeing to this than Dave Cavill. No, not even So a couple weeks ago, Dave Cavill was on a hero habit podcast, which it's not a baseball podcast. I think what I was looking at, it's most like a music podcast, but then he's, Mm. I guess the guy's an A's fan. He had Dave on there. He has actually given him like some legit questions where Dave actually had to like not be robotic with his answers and kind of saying the same stuff. Yeah. But on that pod, he said that this ace, because they kind of questioned him, like, how are you going to charge the fans this money for tickets and this mm-hmm. stuff if you're trading away all these guys you've they've learned to love all these years who are stars? Mm-hmm. And he has said, uh, we have a fun, well, you guys are missing out. We have a fun, exciting team right now. Since he's, that pod went out and that quote went out, the A's have gone three and eleven. We started off so good too. Da, 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 da. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely the dog days are here, and it's May tenth. Um, it seems like the, I think the biggest takeaway that I've kind of learned is like they can't hit at home. Over that here, I'll give you a quick rundown of what the run totals were. During that homestand, 
So they scored. Uh, this is against Cleveland. Eight, eight, awesome. One, three, one, seven, zero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Since the I turn don't... of the month, the A's have been shut out three times. They're stranding runners like crazy, but they're getting hits though. That's the thing. They're getting on base, so it's just like it's not translating over to runs. It feels like every time we get a a, a guy on second in scoring position, there's already two outs. I don't know. I mean, at the same time, like what what did we expect? We yeah. this this is what we thought, you know. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, you hit it. It's... I guess you could say that he's that he jinxed it, but like, it's did he though? Like, or is this just reality finally set in? This is. I think those first couple weeks definitely got us drinking a little bit of the Kool Aid. Yeah, and, um, and we we're like, hey, when yeah. Ramon comes back, who knows what'll happen? Yeah. So, uh, just do us a favor, people who listen to this podcast consistently. Just don't go back and listen to what we were saying two weeks ago about this team, because <laughs> a lot could happen. And it, it has. Um, Look, man, I went into this season like looking to see what the future had in, in hold for us, or had in. And I I like the future of Shell and Noisy potentially. I like the future. I'm still trying to figure out what the future of Christian Pache is because he's a beast out there in the field, but he's hitting is so inconsistent. Um. I liked the future of Nick Allen when he was playing. I would like to see more of Nick Allen. Um, and Murph has been solid. So, I don't know. That, that was what we said at the beginning of the oh, year. Oh, Dalton and Dalton Jeffries. Yeah. Amazing. We're, we've told people, like, at the end of the day, there's always going to be something about this team every year, year in, year out, that we're going to find and that we're going to love. And that's what's we're going to get us through – Rough patches happened every year when these turnovers have happened. Yeah. And you can say the story of the season so far has been Paul Blackburn, man. Mm-hmm. Dude was awesome yesterday. He's just, he's, I don't have to pull up his actual ERA in front of me. I know I said James Caprillion was like, oh, it's going to be the A's lone all-star this year. I'm going to keep, I'm going to knock on a lot of wood. You know but, what Paul Blackburn has? Heavy Chris Bassett energy. I love your your new thing is um, saying the energy that people have. So like, oh, Sheldon Noisy's got some Max Muncy energy. Former of former A's players, yeah, or just like, oh, Paul Blackburn, heavy, heavy Chris Bassett energy. Paul Blackburn, I, he's got I, some. Uh, I was Chris thinking Bassett. like a week ago. I was thinking like this is like Brandy McCar- Brandon McCarthy energy, but I'm like, no, nah, he's better than Brandon McCarthy. He's got he's more. He's he's more stable too, and 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 also he's more comparable to Chris Bassett because Chris Bassett was also a late bloomer. He had a lot of injuries, Chris Bassett in early in his career. But I guess Paul Backburn did too, actually. Um, heavy Chris Bassett energy. I'm just saying it. So amongst qualified pitchers, uh, Paul Blackburn is fifth in the American League in in ERA. Yeah, he's tight pretty tight so yeah again we just find these things that we love and when we're going through these hardships where the team has gone three and 11 in their last 14 games we got to hold on to that so we're here this is just us being optimistic we're going to take a little shot shot of optimism all the ace fans take a shot of optimism with us there's some cool things with this team still despite all this bullshit so just don't noisy potentially could go too if he keeps on this run though i don't know at what position though yeah that's gonna be tough because like yeah, because like Jose Ramirez is always a lock at third. Yeah, but, but he's then been he playing. Also... He's been playing like a lot of second lately because of Ramon being out. But now that Ramon's back. He's been playing first. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I can tell you who's not going to be playing uh, starting mm-hmm. All Star for the American League this year. And uh, it's a tangent. It's our old friend Matt Chapman. Whew. he's uh, he's stinking it up right now. He's hitting two hundred. 276 on base percentage five home runs but hmm. oh boy well it's something to keep an eye out for the rest of the year hmm. uh, speaking of old friends our old friend came back dad came back from the from the store with milk and cigarettes chris ramon lariana returned from suspension this past sunday brian I, kingpin is probably just 
Dad came home, man. Dad came just home. Just losing. He's just every night just stroking it. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but he, he collected his first hit today during the series. Um, he, he just he had a really good hustle play today um, where I forgot. I think Pache was a, had a hit up the middle or somebody had a hit up the middle and just first to third Ramon. Mm. And it's just like, God, we miss Classic Ramon, then. dude. And then the next at bat, sack fly, Ramon scored. It was a sack fly by, I think, Ben Court. So it just shows you, like, dude, that energy is, god damn, this team needed it right now. Especially at the top of the lineup where, like, TK is starting to kind of come around again. But it's, like, they're pretty inconsistent at the top still. So if you can just have somebody who can at least be a little bit of a spark plug of, hey, if they just can get on base, they can be dynamic enough where they can change it up a little bit. And so far, he's looked the part a little bit. Dude. Chad Pinder's hitting like 260, too high, 260, high 270s. I was like shocked by that. I didn't know he was hitting that well. Random, just fact. Um, Don't just look at his strikeout rate. Because you were talking about the the uh, the batting order. Um, one thing I noticed, and this is like on the cutaways when, when they're um, in the dugout, Ramon and Pache are like super vibing, super, like a lot of chemistry. Like they're hanging out a lot. They're joking with each other like today um him pache and ramon pache and um and i want to say i want to say it was like noise something are sitting there and like uh ramon said something to pache and pache just grabs sunflowers he just starts throwing them at ramon he's like like he said something that like pissed him (laughs) off and then they also just kind of like start laughing um but uh but yeah that's what you want in the outfield too right field and center field you want a lot of chemistry out there um so that's that's i i would say that's like the the best thing about ramon coming back personally it's going to be exciting to see him back out there again the more than anything we've we've missed that guy we kind of i think we're always going to wonder what could have been if he never got suspended and he was still around for that last couple months this season with him and Marte. but i know we would have made the playoffs if he was still there yeah we could have been um speaking of which if you're going to be at the Coliseum this weekend, um, one, have fun. But two, uh, they're going to be the, the – this is kind of a fan start event. We mentioned Brian the Kingpin. It sounds like him and the uh, the last dive bar guys are doing an unofficial uh, wrestling extravaganza to welcome back Razor Ramon. So there's going to be a lot of Ace fans dressing up as wrestlers this Friday night. So if you're going to be going to the game uh, – Highly encourage dressing up as a wrestler. If you have any random bandanas, you want to see your Hulk Hogan, fuck it, go for it. Bring a belt. If you just want to tell people that they can't see you, then cool, you can just be John Cena. Bring a belt. Um, play along with it. Have fun with it. So, just want to give that plug over there. Uh, I've never seen Chris so excited about Dude. a player leaving. <laughs> Dude, go take oh it away, man. God. Take it yeah, away. Luis Berea got called up, but that's not why I'm excited. Finally, finally, Billy McKinney has been designated for assignment. Again, it's not personal, Billy McKinney. Like, it's not like anything about your personality I don't like. It's just about your game on the field. It fucking sucks, and I'm tired of seeing it on the A's. So I'm just happy that you're gone. We'll see where he ends up if he doesn't clear waivers, which he probably won't because he's been terrible. He'll probably end up in the minor leagues for the A's. But uh, Luis Perea has been called up. Um, he had a, I mean, he's he showed some life in 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 uh, in in where he was playing the past uh, two days, which is more life than what Billy McKinney ever offered in on his roster spot. So, pretty happy with it. Luis Perea has been around for a while. It's about time he got called up. So, fun fact about Luis Perea, he is, well, actually, as of today, it's now twelve, but he he's was the eleventh. It's he is yeah, he's a twelve year. Is he, is he the old. guy from Benchwarmers? I am twelve. Yeah, he's the kid from uh, BoJack Horseman. That did you ever watch BoJack Horseman? Julio, you know when I lay up a joke, sometimes you just gotta dunk it. You don't have to like grab it, pick it up, dribble it around the court again, and try to put up another shot. Yeah, but like nobody's really seen Benchwarmers. Everybody's seen Benchwarmers. No, what are you that. talking about? I think more people have seen BoJack Horseman than they have seen Benchwarmers. I have never seen BoJack Horseman. Great show. Anyway, I don't know. He is a the twelfth. Okay, stop it. Stop show. it. Stop. We're stopping this right now. He is the twelfth, eleventh rookie to be used on the team this season. Uh, today, Adrian Martinez marked the twelfth already. 
Um, mm. He is also the 30, he was a 30th player used for the team this season. As of today, Adrian Martinez came up. He is now, the, Adrian is now the 39th. They're tied in the league lead with the Rays in that stat. Uh, all I'm going to say about McKinney. Sick. Yeah. All I'm going to say about McKinney is what I tweeted out. And it was, it wasn't, he was the lefty bat that they wanted but not necessarily the lefty, lefty bat they needed. Because if you're just going to be, hey, he's here because he's left-handed, and he's batting. Just like Batman. Yeah. yeah. And you'll never have to. And if he's batting below 100, then what's the point? Like, there's no real yeah. prediction, of, like, real. He's clearly not having, and, and with the lack of, of, of offense that we've had lately, he's clearly having no effect. That lefty bat is having no effect on the offense where it is, especially in the middle of the fucking order. So like it, it, it means nothing. All it, it, all it is, is just, it's just a waste of that roster spot. It, it It's fucking stupid. It kind of seemed like what we had talked about, which was like, we were kind of taking the first month and then the first week and some change in May as just like an extended spring training, just to get an extended look. Okay, maybe this guy can figure it out. Because I think McKinney wasn't even, wasn't even signed until like the week like two before, weeks before the season. Yeah. yeah. So, like, okay, let's see what I can do. And it just never panned out. So, we'll see what happens next in his, uh, his story. So Good riddance. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, this is kind of a confusing uh, move. I think we're, we're both are kind of scratching our heads behind it. But I'm trying to get some confirmation because there was no, like, official A's release on this. But uh, Billy, uh, Buddy Reed, who's, like, one of our fan favorites, made some news uh, last offseason during spring training. And uh, Eric Thames, who the A's also signed over the offseason, were both released from AAA Vegas. Uh, this was reported by the um ml the milb transactions twitter account it's not a verified twitter account it's just a guy kind of running it so take it with a grain of salt right now but if you go look at like mlb transactions it did show that eric thames was released yeah Um, i'd I'd like to see what melissa lockhart has to say about it she wouldn't probably have more insider info okay so well so eric thames was released mm-hmm. and this was cbs sports put it out there um with the source being melissa um nothing on buddy reed yet i think the biggest question in my mind is why why would you release these two guys who if you're going to be giving billy mckinney a month of just playing time and if you're going to be giving, you know, I'm not, I don't want to call out any other guys, but it's just like, what did those two players or what did Billy McKinney have? They gave him that much playing time where you're hitting them in the four hole where you could even have these two guys who Eric Thames has hit lightning in a bottle for a couple seasons and during his time as a majors, Buddy Reed looked like we were so hyped up on him for some time during spring training last year because he looked awesome. Like mm-hmm. what, why, why would you not even just give them the opportunity to come up and see what you could get out of them in the majors? So I'm, I'm really confused by this move because this need, this team needs a spark plug. It needs some offense and why not shoot your shot with them? Well, buddy Reed is coming off a pretty bad injury. So they must know something about his medical that we don't, and they haven't released yet. That's the only thing I can think of there. So they don't want to waste a minor league roster spot or a 40 man roster spot on that when they could use it for, I mean, Ramon just came back. So probably that, and maybe there's some guys in, in double a that they want to move up or single a, they want to move up, you know, we'll whatever. Um, for Eric Thames, I mean, it's, it's, we're going to get to him in a second, but it's, it's Shay Langelier is just fucking knocking it out of the park. Like it's nobody's business every single game. That's what it is. They they have their power bat in the minors. That their that'll be like their backup DH if the DH situation doesn't work out here. And he's outperforming Thames, so it doesn't make sense to have Thames on the roster and playing in the minors when it's gonna be Shea will be the guy that'll be brought up if they 
need that to happen. And for the record, I just double checked too. So um, Buddy Reed was also reported as cut loose CBS Sports with Melissa as the source. So um, we'll see. It sounds like this is a pretty for real thing. But Buddy was hitting 196. Uh, his on base percentage is 255. And then his OPS was 196. So he was not doing good in in Vegas, which is like if you no. can't hit the ball there, if you can't get hit at least like 260 there, you're in trouble. So and and again, there's probably something about his medical too that also weighed in on the decision. Like because yeah. he had a lot of potential last year. They're not going to just throw it away after two months of bad batting. There's yeah. probably some of his medical. It just sucks. It's like we were we were, we were both really excited for him. A lot of Ace fans were excited Fuck for yeah, him. Yeah, bro. He got hurt and then just so. Who knows? Best of luck. I hope there's some way they can kind of, you know, get another shot with him, but we'll see. This Hopefully it's not it for him, though. Yeah. Um, Cole Irvin was sent to the IL. It's mine. He'll a, be back. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, in the spot start, we had Adrian Martinez, who came over in the Sean Manaya trade. And uh, I think one of us is going to be talking about him a little bit later, so we'll hold off from that. Dibs. Fuck. All right. Anyways, last, uh, last couple things we can talk about. We just talked about it. I mean, we didn't get too in-depth with them. No. But we're now getting to the point in Shay Langrelier's watch. If not now, but when? It's got to be a service if, time thing. It's got to be. It's got to be, it's I, gotta I be Julio. Because think about it. Who who was it? I forgot what team it was, but they just brought up their number one prospect uh, who's like 21 years old. And it was strictly because of service time. Like a, a writer, I don't know, I forgot who it was. They put it, it was like he's gonna make his major league debut this 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 week, and and someone tweeted about like, and the reason why he's doing it is because his service time has he's surpassed a certain amount of service time, so that they have him for another year under contract or something like that. It's gotta be that. So for those, yeah, well, for those of you who don't know, Shea Langrelliers, who came over the medals and trade, he's pretty much the main piece that uh, came over that. Is with Pache, yeah, with Pache, Pache is demolishing the ball in AAA right now. Uh, through 104 at bats, he's at 11 home runs, 24 RBIs. He's batting 317, 413 on base percentage, and his OPS is over. It's over 1,000, and it's now getting to the point of like, if not now, then when? Could it be the service time manipulation? Probably. I think that's what what's going to come down to. But do you think it's also the fact that we have what three catchers on the active roster right now? So like, and you know how I think the one thing we've learned in this first month of the season is how much flexibility Kotze likes with this lineup, where you can plug in and play. Cool, Jed, your DH today. Cool, um, like Vogue, your DH. Noisy, your DH today. He likes rotating those guys out. Whereas with Shea, you're pretty much going to be Murph or Shea DH all day. Or DH or catcher switch off every day. Like, do you, do you, what do you think it's going to be besides a manipulation? Uh, well, first off, um, so Jason Burke, um, a, a brother from another podcast, um, love that. Uh, tweets because he watches the minor league games every night, and he tweets um, updates on players every night, and it feels like every night he tweets that Shay Langeliers hit another fucking home run. It's insane. If you guys want to follow Jason, he's the host of the Locked On A's podcast, by the way, Megapod. Um, uh, his Twitter is by Jason Burke, um, at by Jason Burke, um, and he's great. Um, he's a good friend of ours. Um, but yeah, it just feels like every single time he does that. So the only value Bethancourt has, in my opinion, is that he can play first base, and they're still trying to figure out first base. So, if and when they figure out first base, cough, cough, um, Sheldon Noisy, who's been playing a lot of first base lately, I think that gets rid of some of his value. Also, Stephen Vogt and Jed Lowry can play first base, so that backs you up there with first base. Um, it just feels like he should be everyday DH for us if he's hitting this well in the minor leagues and he's hitting it out of the park because we could use a four-hole hitter. 
So like, why not bring him up there? Bring Bethancourt down, who will, who will be like a safety net for if one of the old guys, Jed or or Stephen Vogt, get hurt, which they probably you know knock on wood, but realistically they're old and they're my bones. They're just a little bit more um, injury prone. Um, but and just let those two guys kind of be utility backups to give guys rest which is kind of what they were brought in to do they weren't really brought in to do the dh situation it just that was kind of like they hadn't figured that out so they needed to try and put that together yeah i would i would prefer i mean if i were running the team you already know my answer i've been saying for three weeks he should be brought up he should be the dh and then he'll give murph a day or two off every week and murph can either dh or just not need or just sit but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what their I don't know what their game plan is, but it's got to be service time. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, because it's yeah. I, the I stats are just so in your face, dude. We haven't seen somebody pop out like that in a minute offensively. And no. no. like you know, we see guys are always tearing it up in Vegas because just just the 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 that's how the, that league works. Mm-hmm. But at that level, yeah, something's got to give. So. Hopefully soon. Okay, Chris, you're a betting man. Mm-hmm. You do. Do we play an over unders again? Let's let's uh, yeah. Everybody's favorite game. Uh, Chris is over unders. Chris, give me your over under for when uh pa- when um I was gonna say Pache when Langoliers gets called up. Let's use my birthday as the over under June fourth. I'm gonna say, yeah. You cool with that? Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't know. There's not really any sign of him doing it. So I'm going to say over. I'm going to say past June 4th. Yeah, I'm I'm going on the over on that one too. Because it's pretty obvious they have no, like, motivation to win. So front office is also just like, why? You know, even though, like, they don't give a shit what the fans think too. So it's like they're not getting fan pressure. But, um. It, that also could hurt his development, though, if they don't bring him up soon, because then he's just like, he's not progressing, and he's just gonna not be ready once he finally like sees big league pitching. I don't know. It's really I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. The the motto of the podcast we don't know. We just like to talk about the A's, and we hope you guys enjoy us listening yeah. to talk about the A's. Uh, last but not least, before we jump into um, the upcoming schedule and all the fun stuff, we just got to give a quick. Uh, Shout out, prayers up, wishful thinking. Bob Melvin, our former manager, currently in San Diego. Uh, he is going to be away from the team for the next week. He is actually having prostate surgery. Um, he, he has said he doesn't know. He's, he's like, he's pretty sure it's it's not cancerous. But, you know, he's like, I won't know until it happens. So yeah, just make sure, you know, Bomel, quick recovery. Hopefully everything's okay. Make sure you keep in your thoughts. All that great stuff. So. We want to make sure we're still taking care of our guy. All right, Chris. Let's wrap it up. Yep, take it away. Take it away, Chris. All right, we got the Angels this week at home. Uh, this weekend, sorry. Um, Friday through Saturday, or Sunday. Saturday is going to be a doubleheader, so check out for that. More doubleheaders, more fun. Yay! And then uh, next week, beginning of next week, they are at home again against the Twins. And remember, the Twins schlacked us last time, so that would suck. Um, let's hope we sweep the angels so that we can talk shit to John and, um, next time he comes on and fuck the angels. Yeah. All right. Next up is player of the week. Player of the week is brought to you by Chris Martinez, state farm agent of Wana Creek. If you need home life or auto insurance, make sure to give Chris a call. His phone number is 925-266-8997 or visit his website, www.agentchrismartinez.com. Com. All right, Julio, who is your um, State Farm Chris Martinez Player of the Week? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a gentleman, and I will leave um, I will leave Adrian Martinez for you. Nice, Chris's cousin, by the way. Everybody knows that all Martinez's are related. Exactly. Um, That's why he's the perfect pick this week. Yeah. So everybody kind of sucked, but uh, besides, we I picked Paul Blackburn in the past. I'm not gonna use him again, even though he had a great start. That's who I was I, gonna pick if you were gonna pick Martinez. For yeah. Him. Yeah. No, I, I think we've really got to talk about how dominant A.J. Puck has been. Yeah. Um, this last week, he pitched 3.2 innings, 3Ks, ZR, ERA of zero. Zero um, ERA. Zero. Zero. 
Uh, over the season, he's pitched 13 innings. He has a .69 ERA. Smallest of smallest of sample size. But he's been healthy, and that's probably the top priority. The guy's been healthy. Mm-hmm. His velo is starting to tick up again. Mm-hmm. And if those two things are going, as long as and his, his slider is going to be hitting there, you know, we'll see. We we'll don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Not trying to jump the gun, but just seeing this consistent, um, these consistent outings from Puck after this, what seems like what four years when he was do- him and his were were dominating spring training in 2018, and then they both got injured. Um, so who knows, man? I. I'm hoping this is the turnaround for him. Even I hate to say this too. Are you seeing what Jesus Lazardo is doing in Miami right now? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing great, which sucks. But um, yeah. so AJ Puck, I just want to highlight him. He's been awesome out of the pen. I nothing but great health the rest of the season. Well, Chris, I wonder yeah. who you were gonna take. Surprise me, me co- buddy. Hold on, let me come on that. Um, at what point do you bring him up as a starter? The answer is when they trade Frankie at the deadline. Yeah. I could also, I could also see... Dalton hasn't been having a, the last great couple starts, and I'm going to talk about that in a couple minutes as well. Um, hmm. Where if if they really are just like, cool, we're not doing this anymore, we're going to be doing this now. But I think the more realistic thing is, yeah, probably if, That's so if and bad when Frankie for his gets development. Traded. You don't want to do that. That's so bad for his development. You just kind of want to fight through it and just hope that um, Emerson can coach him through that, though. Absolutely. Yeah. I it, it, it will probably more likely be if and when Frankie gets traded. Yeah. Oh, mine is obviously Adrian Martinez. He uh, fucking killed it today. Hold on. I had his stats up right here. I got to pull him back up real quick on my phone. There they are. Three oh motherfucker it uploaded okay uh three strikeouts only four hits five and one um third innings pitched zero ERA he just he just came in spot start and just kicked ass uh, I mean it was fucking awesome I mean he would he got called up yesterday to do this and was just like hey man you're gonna pitch t- tomorrow and he's like what he's like yeah we got a doubleheader though don't worry you can just chill the first game and then gonna pitch that game what like it's it was great and um i i I mean i don't know how many more shots he's gonna have at it um this game this this season but um if he's gonna be this good he might be like a good piece to put in the bullpen um for the rest of the season um he's only 25 years old dude it's kind of crazy like i mean we got some really young guys in those trades I almost forgot. He he wasn't necessarily a highly touted prospect, but he was a a guy who was like up and coming. He was ready to get moved up the next spot. So it was like you can clearly say you can clearly see that it was like young young pitching depth that they wanted. Um, but yeah, he did a great job. Although this is a really shitty Tigers team, as Julio um, wrongly predicted from the beginning of the season. Hey, they're just going through a rough patch, man. They're, I believe in my boys. A rough patch the entire season? Yeah. They're just, you know, they're, they're going through things. You they know? don't they're even just... have a double-digit wins, dude. Look, they're, look, the wins numbers aren't real, okay, Chris? They're just, they're fabricated. They don't they're real to me. All right, our essential tools last week. Uh, we both did not do well. Uh, Chris went with uh, his other fellow Chris, as in Christian Pache, and uh, not good. Uh, he batted... 83. Not good. Uh, I picked Dalton Jeffries. Thumbs down for the people who are listening on podcast. Yeah. I, I, I picked Dalton Jeffries just because his reason being, he's had a couple of kind of, you know, meh starts. I want to see if he's going to be able to turn around. Uh, he didn't, he, he went five innings, which is at, you know, now in the American league, you go five innings. Great. You did good. You give up four runs. So quality start is going to be that three run threshold. So yeah, C minus for passing. Sure, why not? Alrighty, Chris. Who is your player to watch this week? I'm gonna go. My essential tailgate tool is gonna be Adam Kolarik. So if the offense is not oh. doing well, I think the bullpen is gonna be an essential part of um, the next week, especially with these good teams where who are probably gonna put runs on the board and. 
if they're not going to get run support, like the bullpen's going to be an essential part of of um of these matchups. And Adam Clark has been really good this season so far, and he's been like really solid in that middle relief, especially when when you know we get into tough situations where we have like we're down by two runs and they need to take the start out because he's clearly getting whopped. He'll just come in, he'll pitch a quick inning or a quick two innings, and he'll get get to the next guy. And I think that's really important against these against both the Angels and the Twins, two good teams. Um, so I would just say watch out for him, and hopefully he'll keep being dominant. And his job is literally just to pitch like a six inning and just move it on to the next guy. Like just get it, get it going, get it to AJ Puck, get it to um, Danny Jimenez, blah 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 blah. So he's my central tailgate tool of the week. Bullpen's gonna awesome. be big. Bullpen's gonna be big these coming series. Yeah, absolutely. And these are both pretty strong offenses. We saw what the Twins did this last weekend with the sweep. And uh, the Angels have just been hitting the crap out of the ball. So, absolutely. I think just keeping it to the minimal, especially the pennant. That's a good choice. Cleric's been nice this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramon's back in Oakland. So, i like to see what he's going to do the next week. Ramon's going to be my guy for the town tailgate, our essential tool of the week. Um yeah, I'm excited to see. He just loves playing there. You can just tell that he really feeds off the energy, you know, with his son what, up there sitting in right field watching mm-hmm. him, his son Brian. He's really going to really carry that extra energy. I think having this, you know, we were talking about earlier, we're kind of saying, I really do think having this wrestler thing thing around Razor Ramon coming back is really going to make him feel at home. And I think it's going to yeah. hopefully it's really – not only rejuvenate him, him, but this offense a little bit because yeah. we know when you're top of the lineup hitting, then everybody's going to fall in place. And I think this can be really pivotal week because if he can get on track and get back to being the player he has been in the past, then who knows, man? This we can still see some optimism with this team. So I can't wait to see it on TV. Lariano is my tailgate. I had a different choice originally, but I'm going to wait till next week to say it because okay he's not lying to go against the angels this weekend mm. not dalton jeffries no uh it, i'll just straight james caprillion always tears up the angels it's the orange county boys him and cole Irvin always just tear down the angels so he's had some rough he had a rough first start though but he yeah. kind of got together after that first inning um, all right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Town Tailgate Podcast. I'm Chris Atulio. Follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. Um, Over 1,000 followers. Oh, yeah, we got 1,000 followers. 1K, <laughs> bro. If there's one thing we got, it's a K. Strike out. Ding. I don't know. I I thought I had something clever there going, and then I didn't. Um, anything else to wrap it up, Julio? <laughs> Actually, you have something to plug. You were a guest on a podcast. Oh, yeah. I was on a wedding podcast called Wedding Confessionals. There's two episodes up. Uh, I go to a lot of weddings, people. Um, I don't know why. I'm just at that age where my friends are getting married. It's kind of been that way since I've been like 21, 22, though. So so, uh, my coworker has a wedding podcast, and she brought me on to talk about it, my experiences and stuff like that. And help give advice to some people who write it. So check it out. It's called wedding confessionals. Are you more of a Vince Vaughn or no Wilson in your wedding? Attending? I'm not going to comment on that. Cause that would um, reference my sex life. So, um, I, I, I mean, I like weddings. I have a Look, lot of opinions. We'd rather weddings. have you be one of those two than be a Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Claire, get the, f- Fuck back on that altar. I've just, I've been to so many weddings. I just, I know it works. I know it doesn't. Um, and we talk about dancing because I am a huge dancer um, at weddings. I love dancing. Um, we talked about like wardrobe and stuff like that. And we talked about, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What is your go-to every, uh, well, when the DJ does allow requests and you're with the person, hey, I need you to play. Return of the Mac. It's like one of my all-time favorite songs. It's my ringtone. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. All right, Julio. Last but not least. Let's go, Oakland. Nice. Warriors 2. 
Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.